Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. I am the Skywalker, joined by my beautiful wife, Jessica, and my very best friend in the whole wide world, Amanda. <laughs> Together, we are going to summarize the current book that we are reading, and of course, we are going to drink while we are doing it. I think we've already started. Yeah. <laughs> We will be diving into hypotheses and questions that have plagued us through our journeys. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> it's already fantastic. Yes, it is. So uh, this week, this week, podcast recording is weird. Um, this episode. This episode, <laughs> we are covering... Empire of Storms from the Throne of Glass series. Yeah. Yeah. By Sarah J. Moss. There you go. Yeah. What what book is this? Book five? Technically, yeah. Technically, in the order. Yeah. So we did the tandem read, decided to do that with Tower of Dawn, but this episode we're just going to be talking about Empire Storms specifically. And the storyline with that. Yeah. So we read both the books at the same time. How did we how did we feel about that, guys? By the way, this was my first tandem read ever. And it was intense. It was my first one ever. I didn't even know that was like a thing. Yeah. And I mean, I loved it. Mm-hmm. But you know, honestly, like reading the previous books, there are so many chapters that switch perspectives that I almost like... Un- you know, other than, you know, remembering to switch books on certain chapters, I really didn't notice, like, that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, when it came to, like, the stories that were being told, mm-hmm. because that happens in previous books. Exactly. and So, it was just, like, one big massive book. Yes. That you just had to remember to switch. Massive book. <laughs> pun, 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 pun. Laugh! <laughs> Nick would have loved that joke. Thank you! He would have. <laughs> Um, I had a rough time with it at the start when I was actually, I had the physical books and I was jumping back and forth. When I jumped to the Kindle, way easier. I was going to say, I read it on Kindle and I, yeah, it was really. You've moved to ebooks sometimes? Guys, I, wow. okay, we haven't seen each other in a while. Okay. So obviously like this is coming out like way later than we were, when we were recording. <laughs> so Black Friday. I splurged on myself, and I bought a Kindle from Best Buy. Oh, my goodness. And it has probably been one of the best purchases I've made for myself. (laughs) And it's, like, it's just so much easier, especially because I take it everywhere with me, like, to work, and I read on, like, breaks or lunches or things like that. It's so portable. Yeah. It's just so easy. It's so easy. And then I did get – so I didn't get, like, the newest version, but, like, the next one down. I don't even remember what – what number, what it's called exactly. But like the backlight is literally like a lifesaver. Cause I know there's earlier versions that don't have that. Yep. So. So is it like one of the paper white ones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I can just manually adjust the lighting or, but it does it automatically. But if I wanted to adjust it myself, I can. Nice. So it makes it like really nice because it gets dark at literally like five o'clock now. Um, <laughs> you know, being December. So like if Nick and I are ever going somewhere and he's driving, like I can still like read in the car or something like that. It honestly has been the best purchase That's awesome. that I made for myself. 
he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yep, mm -hmm, I'm going to commit. And then he's like, you love it, don't you? I was like, absolutely, 100%. I can't, honestly, the first week I had it, I don't think I put it down. That's cool. So. Don't you love when you get something that you're like, not sure if it's going to be worth it and you're like oh this is absolutely the best thing mm -hmm. so glad I yeah yeah this. and I did like so much research because I was going between like a kindle and a nook mm -hmm. and so so good purchase then yeah but I was going between a kindle and a nook and you know comparing like the backlights so obviously the nook has a very similar thing and like storage use and things like that because I was like man if we're doing this podcast for a while like I'm gonna need a lot of storage <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think we'll ever run out of books to read, <laughs> but so I was like looking at that and different things. And so I settled on Kindle and then honestly, it's been the best thing. I love it. Love it. Awesome. So with that, did you get the Kindle Unlimited and all that? Yeah. 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 Worth it. It's only what? Like 10, 11 bucks a month? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I use, I get so many free books. Right. Yeah. Nice. And honestly with because i know like obviously we read books for this but if someone finishes early like sometimes we'll read books in between yeah that we've been interested in and so sometimes like you just like you for example jess have been whipping through books like none other recently oh, yeah. so yeah i bet that's been like so nice because you can just look yeah. it up it's free just pull it up and it's so easy yeah that the series that i just finished the eighth book on all of those were free on kindle unlimited and actually finishing that book, finished my 50 books of 2022. Look at you. Yeah. Kindle is not sponsoring this podcast, by the no, way. No, definitely not. But we, we love the Kindle. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been so nice, so easy. and Ebooks are helpful. Yeah. And honestly, with the tandem read, I thought it was going to be a lot more challenging with the Kindle, like going back and forth digitally, but it wasn't that bad. Now, once, once I sat down and actually figured out how to jump back and forth, mm -hmm. I was, it was so much easier. Yeah. And my problem with physical books is obviously me and Jess have two children. So I can't sit down and read a book because I'm being crawled on. I'm being, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the Kindle just made it way, way more bearable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still love my books. Oh, yeah. I still, still love, like, the feeling of having an actual book in my hands. But, you know just it's just more accessible it's easy to travel it just it's just another resource yeah and that's awesome yeah and with as much as we're all like go 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 like it just makes more sense <laughs> for this lifestyle right now mm -hmm. so and it's been a crazy couple of months crazy it's been so busy i feel like for all of us oh yeah skyler talks about it on all the podcasts he's on about mm. how he's sick of weddings but you know it's all good I'll never let you live it down. It's been a rough year, guys. <laughs> Thanks. No, right, but between your wedding you, and mine, husband. it's been rough. <laughs> okay, so there was my brother's <laughs> wedding last October. Uh, over a year ago now. <laughs> Our wedding. My buddy Jacob got married when we were there, but I wasn't in that one. My sister got married. And then, obviously, congratulations. Your best friend in the whole wide world, My Amanda, got married. Yeah. Best friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the it's just been so busy. Like it, like we said earlier, it's been five weeks since we even recorded an episode just because we were slam-packed with my wedding stuff. And then Nick oh, and I were days. gone on our honeymoon. Yeah, and then Thanksgiving was right there. And now we're trying to squeeze everything in with Christmas and family Christmases, like, every weekend and 
Christmas parties, company Christmas parties. So it's been nuts. It's been nuts. Like literally, we got married. The next weekend was Thanksgiving. The weekend after that was my company Christmas party. Weekend after that was Nick's. And then this weekend, my department is having a Christmas party. Next week is Christmas. Week after that is New Year's. And then a week after that, we have another wedding we're going to. <laughs> so it's literally, it's, we got married it's and it, and it felt like life did not stop. We didn't have any room to breathe. Yeah. So you know what? We're here for it. We're having fun while we're doing it. We're making it work. Yeah. So it is what it is. There you go. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Meeting Nick's coworkers was really was really fun. It was it was really interesting. We, we went to we went to Hunter's afterwards, and uh, obviously, like I knew Gunner and Sarah, they were the only people I knew there. And so we were sitting there, and then all of a sudden, like I got to meet Chris, and I met Rob, who are on other podcasts of Golden Image, and uh, they are a blast. I gotta say, like they are the coolest people, and they're just talking to me about all these things that they're interested in, and I'm just sitting there like, uh huh listening yep yep chris talked me into watching andor i started it and i actually like it crazy and i'm not a star wars person i am not a star wars person and it's actually a good show yeah get out of my house how can you not like star wars it's just not my thing i didn't and i didn't grow up with star wars either which I think is why it was so hard for me to get into it. I have watched all the original movies once. She grew up with Rogue One. <laughs> I've never seen it's Rogue such... One. I've never seen Rogue One. <laughs> I have seen all the originals, though, once. Episode three, I fell asleep. No, episode four, I fell asleep. I did. Oh, no. <laughs> I did. I fell asleep. I don't even remember what happened, honestly. I'm just making enemies with my best friend in the entire world. This guy, this guy has brains exploding. Is that the first movie night? Is all nine Star Wars movies? Sounds like a commitment I'm not ready to make yet. <laughs> I will gladly watch one at a time with you. Because I do want to rewatch them because I really don't remember. It was a couple years ago. Nick made me watch them and I straight up fell asleep. Extended versions of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings, though, so that I can get behind. I love Lord of the Rings. Yep. So I can get behind that. But Star Wars, I just never, I can never grasp it. I don't know why. Come for me, haters. It's okay. <laughs> I deserve it. But I do, I do really like Andor. I was like, Chris, do I have to, like, know all the other Star Wars facts to watch this? And he's like, oh, no. I mean, it helps, but no, you don't have to. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> I I haven't even started it. I had to tandem read these books in two weeks. You, so. had, you had to power tandem read. I I did, we've I had did. a lot of homework recently, so I read them at a proper pace in the last five weeks. So I've been done at a, a reasonable time. These other two, though, I made the mistake. They just finished today. I made the mistake of waiting on, until after I finished on Wednesday. Oh, you finished two days ago. I finished Wednesday after five so, weeks. Yes. Skyler finished a couple hours Well, because I was, I was so ready. I think I had, I only had like maybe, like maybe eight chapters when I had asked you like where you were and I was like, Hey, like we can push it off. Like if you're not done, cause I was full ready to like, cause I had most like half the day on Friday that I was just going to finish it up before. But then I was like, Oh, Skyler's not done. We're pushing it off. So I'm just going to like relax and let this sit for a second. 
So, but it was it was good. I'm ready to talk about it. All right, Jessica, you're up. All right, be prepared. This is a long one. All right, so Empire of Storms starts with a flashback to Elena and Gavin making a bold move to defeat Erewhon for the time being. Then it moves to the current time where the point of view is split between three main groups, Aelin, Rowan, Lysandra, and Adian, Manon and the Witches, and then Elite and Lorcan. Elite is trying to find Aelin and Selena, for whom Caltaine has sent the stone. She's struggling low on food and water, and Lorcan sneaks up on her, and the Volg Ilkin chase them. They run together since they have a common enemy, but end up getting separated, and each fight one separately, Lorcan with his sword and Elite with her brain. Um, Erewhon gives Manon orders to attack Rifthold and bring Dorian to him if he survives. And Aelin and her crew meet Ren, Murtaugh, Darrow, and a few others at the inn just inside Terrison. Darrow's not impressed with her court and does not accept Aelin. The Lord signed a document stating, uh, stating Aelin is not a queen, only a princess, and if she defies it, it will be considered an act of war. He asks her to find him allies and then maybe come back after that. A messenger arrives with news that the Iron Teeth are flying to Rifthold to attack, and the only one who might be able to make it in time to help is Rowan. Aelin tells him to rescue Dorian, get a boat, and go to Skulls Bay. Dorian sees the witches approaching on their wyverns. They're sacking the city. Manon finds him and tells him to escape, and he now owes her a life debt. Rowan arrives, having flown two full days without food or rest. He finds Dorian, and they leave. Uh, he finds Dorian, and they leave. Manon killed one of the Yellowlegs witches and allowed Rowan to kill four others to save Dorian. Manon and her thirteen return to Morath. The three clans conduct a small trial about Dorian's escape. They decide that Manon made mistakes and. Astrin, as her second, is sentenced to death. Aelin, Adian, and Lysandra arrive at Ilium, the kingdom by the sea. Aelin, Adian, and Lysandra defeat Ilium's soldiers at a temple that was um, there for Brannon. Aelin burns one of the men from the inside out just by breathing on him. Brannon sends a message to her through the little people of the forest on their journey to Terrison, indicating that she needed to come here. He then appears to her after she secured the temple, and Aelin asks Brannon's ghost how to kill Maeve. He doesn't know, but he tells her to find the lock in the stone marshes of Ilway to sink the word keys into. The familiar Endovier guard appears and battles with Aelin, Erewhon is hiding in him and speaks to her through him. He knows Rowan rescued Dorian and his soldiers are tracking them. Astrin arrives bloody and beaten to the morning of her execution. Manon's grandmother is going to allow more beatings from the other clans before the execution, but Manon exercises the power of execution. She will kill Astrin to spare her the torture. Astrin could tell Manon's secrets and be free, but she remains silent. Astrin uh, whispers to bury her body back at her old cottage as Manon draws her sword, to which then she strikes at her grandmother instead. 
They fight with their iron nails and teeth, and her grandmother reveals Mon- uh, Manon's father was a croaking prince. Um, Manon is slashed in the stomach and falls over the cliff onto Abraxas. Her and the Thirteen end up losing their yellow leg followers through a ravine that the yellow legs wyverns can't navigate. Rowan and Dorian arrive in Skull's Bay and go to visit Captain Rolf. Rowan tells Rolf about Erewhon and his plan, and they ask Rolf to join forces with him against Erewhon. At this point, he doesn't respond. He then calls in two men that, he, that he's had with them, with him, who are Faye. They end up being Gabriel and Fenris, and they tell him, they tell Rowan that Maeve is sending her armada to Elway at this point in time. Rolf says that he won't talk to them until the queen arrives. Um, Gabriel admits that they've been sent by Maeve to kill Lorcan. Rowan asks his former cadre members to fight with him to defeat Erewhon, and he also tells them he knows of Gabriel's son, which Gabriel didn't know he even had a son, so he's speechless. Later, Dorian and Rowan use a fake letter to trick Rolf into meeting with them, and when they arrive, Aelin is in Rolf's office. She acts like Selena and flirts with Rowan and teases Rolf, and after finally revealing who she is, Aelin uh, challenges Rolf to join them. If he does, she will make him the King of Pirates. Elide and Lorcan arrive in a town and need to try and link up with a traveling group to get through the next part of their journey. They pose as newlyweds, and eventually Elid shares with Lorcan that her Uncle Vernon is a commander at Morath. She tells him of the breeding experiments and how Vernon was going to use her to see if his bloodline could mix with the Volgs. Lauren surmises that the explosion was probably no accident, and Elid confirms this but won't say who did it. Adian meets Gabriel at breakfast one morning. He is overcome by anger about what came of his mother when he sees his father, and it doesn't go well. Rolf tells Aelin and Rowan that Morath's fleet is sailing for Elway, and Aelin knows it's in retaliation for what she did at Ilium. She knows he's striking there because he knows of her love for Nehemia. Aelin asks Rolf to send his Mycenaean fleet to to fight with Elway, she promises to give him back Ilium if he compl- uh, complies. A warning bell sounds, and Rolf looks at the maps on his hands, showing the Volg are approaching. Rolf thinks that they are coming because they are searching for Aelin after a surge of power she sent out a few minutes ago. She denies it and gathers her group to leave instead of help in this fight unless Rolf agrees to her plan. He finally agrees to Aelin's plan, and he wants a lord's title. Aelin and her crew uh, make the plans to help Rolf, Lysandra uh, shifts into a sea dragon. Aelin and Rowan join their power on the boat. She reaches so deep into her magic that Deanna takes over her mind and body through the word key. Aelin struggles but finally reclaims herself, despite the battle plans going a bit awry in the process. Lysandra fights off the sea wyverns, but as she starts to tire, Adian kills the last one to save her life. Adian makes it to her first as she's collapsing on the beach and promises to marry her someday. After all the stress, Aelin needs to get out of town for a little while. Rowan follows her, and they have sex on the beach. 
That's when, a good drink. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when the group is assembled together later, Elena appears to them. She tells them the lock is in the center of a temple in the marsh in Elway. Elena's mother gave her life to preserve it. Gavin and Elena used it years ago to seal Erewhon up when they falsely claimed that they had killed him. Elena also shares who her mother is, which is Mala Firebringer, which makes Mala and Aelin relatives. On the way to the marsh, they see Manon riding toward them on Abraxas. She is unconscious and falls off the wyvern into the sea. Manon awakes on a ship with Aelin watching over her, and Aelin warns her not to run away or hurt anyone. Alid and Lorcan are performers now within their caravan, fortune-telling and sword-play. Uh, demons attack their camp looking for a lead, and they tell Lorcan her real name because until now she has gone by her mother's name of Marion. He confronts a lead after the fight is over. They end up sharing some truths about their background, and then they go to the taverns of the town in search of news of Aelin. Um, at that point in time, some of their carnival companions give them away. Lorcan hears... Um, Enemies coming, but the two escape on a boat. Lorcan kills the captain, which makes a lead furious. Something at that point triggers Lorcan, and he uh, checks out the amulet that Aelin gave him, finally realizing it's a fake and is absolutely pissed. He steers the ship toward Elway, the best lead that they got at the taverns as to where Aelin was. After a late-night discussion with Manon, Dorian asks Aelin to unchain her and let her roam free on the ship. They go down to unchain her, but discover that there is an imposter among the group. One of Erewhon's minions was sent for Manon. He reveals her as a croaking queen, and Dorian then kills him. Above deck, Mora attacking the other pirate ships. One of the creatures reveals to Aelin that Erewhon knows she has a word key. Gabriel admits he only left Adian and his mother at her request. He would have rather stayed, but loved them enough to leave when she asked him. Something Fenris said to Aelin sparked a memory. Uh, Baba Yellowlegs said something to Aelin before she killed her long ago that Aelin now finally understands. She then runs away, locks herself in the bathroom, and is repeatedly sick. Lorcan and Alid are getting close to the marshes, uh, marshes at this point, but then all of a sudden Lorcan says they need to run because an army of demons is flying toward them. Manon notices the Eye of Elena charm on Aelin's necklace and says that it has a different meaning to witches. She then tells the story of the Crokin Wars and the resulting curse on the witches. Um... Aelin wants the first shot at their enemy, so she moves ahead of the others. When Lorcan and Alid arrive, he senses the immensity of her power and throws a, ma a magical shield over the two of them. Her power easily overwhelms the demons, and Lorcan has never seen anything like it. Afterward, Alid gives Aelin the stone from Caltaine. Manon introduces Dorian as the king of Adderlan. Aelin thanks Lorcan for bringing Alid and tells Manon that she claims her. Rowan notices a difference in Lorcan, a softness toward a lead. Dorian wonders if the gods guided them all there for a reason. Aelin then opens the chest that they found in the Marsh Temple, but no lock is inside. It's ancient 
it's just ancient mirrors with the eye of Elena in the corner. Manon tells them about the witch's mirror powers and the witch towers. When they return to the coast, they see a hundred ships, which is um, Melisande's fleet. Aelin surprises everyone by walking directly toward them. The leader of the troops is Ansel of Briarcliff, who Aelin met years ago in the desert. Ansel brought these ships and warriors at Aelin's request to repay the life debt she owes her. Ansel and her army from the Wastes took over Malisande's army and brought them to Aelin. They will all sail north tomorrow to protect Air- uh, Terrison. Ansel says it's Maeve, not Erwan, who has been setting fires on the coast of Elway, trying to make it look like it's Aelin. Rowan talks about the armies Aelin's assembled and how he loves when she surprises him. Another armada is headed toward them, and it's Maeve. They know that she will wait for daylight to ask for Aelin's surrender so everyone can witness it. After Aelin is asleep, Rowan flies to many of Maeve's ships one by one to make a request of his cousins aboard. Secretly, Dorian takes Aelin and Manon down to the mirror stowed below deck to show them something. He thinks Deanna's riddle about it suggests that Aelin and Manon can use it to see the future, determine how to defeat Maeve, to defeat Maeve, and use the keys. The two join hands, press them to the mirror, and disappear. Adian is furious. Rowan says they'll continue to ready for battle. Maeve says, uh, sends messengers asking for their surrender. And Rowan says the queen is not on the ship to answer and just asks for safe passage for both fleets. Maeve's answer is just a bunch of arrows shot towards their ship. Um, Aelin and Manant are in the past, seeing visions of Gavin and Elena. They see Elena use the stone in the eye of Elena and know that it's the lock, which can only be used once. Instead of sealing Erewhon away, it was supposed to be used to unite the keys and eventually send them all back home. She says she will give anything to undo what she's done to give someone who's more prepared someday to end this using the stone for the right purpose. She's told she will have to lead Mala's bloodline to bleed again and use Mala's gifts to forge the lock again, with Elena leading them. They will have to give every drop of their life force to do it, to send home and eternally seal the lock between the worlds. While Aelin's gone, the battle ensues. Lysandra fights in her modified sea dragon form, attacking ships specifically marked by Rowan. Some of Maeve's ships are now flying different flags, silver whitethorn flags. These ships begin firing on their own fleet, and Lorcan notices Maeve isn't among her own ships. He sees her ashore near where he left a lead and a few guards for her safety. Aelin and Manon crash back into the real world. They land near Maeve, who has a lead captured. The battle is vicious, despite the help from Rowan's cousins. Manon's 13 arrive, with Abraxas leading the way. Uh, Maeve reveals that she planned each thing Aelin has recently encountered to deplete her magic. She waited until it was on very low reserve to attack. Maeve tells Aelin that she knew she would lead her to all three word keys. She saw it all a long time ago. She saw the love of her life, her mate, Rowan. She knew their children would be powerful enough to rule the world. She knew how to get her to hand over the keys when she was strong enough to get them all. Maeve gave Rowan to his first supposed mate, had her get pregnant, and then killed her. She ensured that their paths would cross when Aelin was of age. 
She knew Aelin would give her whatever she wanted if she pulled the right strings. Maeve couldn't believe that when they met, they were so broken at that point that they didn't realize each other as mates for a long time. Aelin has known it since the battle with Manon at the temple months ago. She kept it from Rowan since then to spare him his heart about Lyria. She tells Aelin that she would have had a thousand years with Rowan, and she probably had five years from settling into her fae form at this point. point. Maeve calls for Karen, her new second-in-command. Uh, Maeve says Aelin must come willingly. If she struggles, she'll bring a lead along with them, too. Maeve orders Lorcan and Fenris to be perfectly still through the blood bond, and Aelin surrenders. She gives Alid messages to give to Adian and Rowan. Maeve makes Aelin bow before her, take off her shirt, and then lets Karen whip her over and over. They put Aelin in a metal box, chain her with iron chains, and put an iron mask on her face. Aelin slipped the word keys into Manon's pocket as she walked past her earlier. Manon knows she needs to get them and Alid far away from Maeve. They carry the box towards Maeve's boat. Maeve orders Fenris to follow them. And then she releases Gabriel and Lorcan from their blood bond and all of their titles and possessions. Uh, they then leave. Rowan arrives and puts a knife to Lorcan's throat and asks where his wife is. Alid tells Rowan that Aelin is his mate and about the whipping and the box. They're mad that Lysandra knew all along, but Aelin had asked for her help that day that she was sick on the boat. She had told her how to seal the keys in the gate and banish Erewhon forever. She asked Lysandra to shift into her after she dies and to be married to Rowan, fathering heirs with Adian so they looked like Ash Rivers. Alid parts badly with Lorcan and leaves with Manon and the Thirteen. Manon asks if they heard what her grandmother had said about being half Crokin the last surviving Crokin queen. Manon says they owe Aelin a life debt and it's time to become better than their ancestors. They're going to rally the Crokin army to fight for Aelin. Manon tells the whole group about the two word keys she has. She then tells Dorian that Elena said that he also has the blood to use them. Aelin married... Nope. Adian married Rowan and Aelin two days ago in secret... Rowan had known deep down that she was his mate at that point and refuses to accept her sacrifice of the fate that she felt was dealt to save the world. He sends a message down their mating bond urging Aelin to fight. They see that their boat or they see new boats coming in on the horizon now that the battle is over that they don't recognize. A man Rowan doesn't recognize hops out and it is Gallen Ashriver, the crown prince of Wendland. He shows them a letter Aelin wrote long ago when she asked him to return the favor for what she fought for him at Mistward and gave, them, gave him the coordinates, uh, coordinates to the spot. His people have never forgotten Evelyn Ashriver or Terrison. Then hundreds of other people arrive. Ilias among them come to pay their life debt owed to Aelin. They are the silent assassins of the Red Desert, Aelin has called in many old debts to rally this army. Lysandra transforms into Aelin to greet them. She says that they'll go north to Terrasin. She tells the other commanders they have matters to discuss with them before they start the fight with Morath. 
Gabriel, Lorcan, and Elide will join, uh, will eventually join Rowan. They think Fenris will help protect Aelin and drop clues about their whereabouts. Adian will stay with Lysandra slash Aelin. Um, Dorian will fly north with the witches to convince the Krogan to ally with them. And Rowan will take off to hunt down Aelin. They all vow to meet in Terrison when this is over. Bum, bum, bum. (sighs) Good job. It was a long one, man. Good job. This book was a freaking ride. It was something. It was something. So I'd look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest. I did not care for the start of this book as much as I cared for the last one. It was a little slow. Yeah. Um and I think that's kind of the theme with these two is slow start. I I went into them thinking they were gonna be very political. Um, you know, rebuilding kingdoms, getting ready to fight Morath. Boy was I wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking they were going to be rebuilding Rifthold when it's like, nope, we're going to destroy the entire thing and then Just leave it. Just kidding. Literally, and that happened within the first couple yes. chapters that the city goes destroyed. I wasn't. I definitely was not ready for that section no, of the book. No, at the very beginning, too. Well, and even, I mean, uh, <laughs> I want to call her Selena so bad still. <laughs> Aelin shows up in, in Terrison and they're like, nope, go yeah. away. We, and I was like, wow, this book took a huge turn from where I thought it was going to go. We thought we were going to see Dorian and Rifthold doing his thing and Aelin and Harrison doing her thing. And we got neither one of them. They both were like, nope. Well, and then honestly, because she has like that, that big meeting with the Lords of Terrison and Daryl pretty much like rips her a new one. Like, who the hell are you? Like, I understand who you are, but like to come in here and just think that you can automatically, which I honestly really liked that yes that threat yeah and that that you know he kind of like stepped on her a little bit because because i thought it was going to be very similar she's just going to walk in and it's like okay Mm -hmm. who are my allies what are we going to do about this what's the game plan yeah like people falling at her feet okay well first of all maybe let's talk about the people within my own country that i have to convince that i am capable of doing what i know i can do because i honestly i like her the best as a character when she has that internal struggle because it really humanizes her. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that when she's like, well, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) I don't know. I just really like, I really like seeing her battle with herself and with her confidence to where she's like, you know what? No, I am a badass bitch. This is who I am. I've got literal fire in my veins right now, but then she has to hold it together because she also needs them to help her. That was such an interesting section with the meeting. I was just like, huh. And then, yeah, she just up and, they had the up and leave. She just accepted it for what it was and started brainstorming options. Well, I think so much of, like, earning their trust because she has been gone for so long. And they know who she was. Right. But is doing things by example and letting them hear about it. Mm -hmm. And how she acts and how she responds. Yep. So, I mean... I'm, I'll be curious to see, like, how, what happens after how the finishes. chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's, like, back in Terrison, like, okay, so are they eventually, like, gonna send help for her? Like, to yeah. aid her and, you know, now that she is in trouble? 
like actual really bad trouble right now. Yeah. Like the most trouble I think we've seen her in thus far. So it'll, I'm interested to see like how those connections tie with her later. Cause I think that they have to. I'm, I'm surprised throughout this book that we didn't get any flashes back to Terrison and Darrow hearing about the things that she was doing. Because it's such yeah. it's such like a, a heavy plot point at the beginning of this book that, you know, Daro is against her and he's made sure that all the lords in Terrison are against her as well. So why when she sacked Ilium or when she uh for lack of better terms, saved Skull's Bay, did we not get a flashback to Terrison of him being like Oh, maybe I fucked up. Of him, like, hearing about it. Right. Like, getting word of what happened. Yeah, maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll still yet get that. Because, I mean, she's going to have to go do... She's going to ha- I'm assuming, is going to have an, a confrontation. We're assuming. Getting back to terrorism. Somehow. I mean, yeah. not right now. Right now she's in a box. <laughs> I say, and I hope it's like I hope it's like this big moment where she just has to like walk in, and like no words even need to be said because it's like, look I, what I did. I told you so, <laughs> but I'm not even gonna say it to you. I picture like Aragon in the two towers when he walks into <laughs> uh, Helm's Deep and slams open the doors, and that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm calling it now. Aragon. Aragorn. Sorry. You said Aragon, I do. and I'm I like, say it wrong all I'm the time. Like, Aragon. Dragon? dragon. <laughs> no, Aragon is not the dragon. Uh, well, I don't know. I've never read the books or seen the movies. Aragorn. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's one of those yeah. things that I just always get wrong. Yeah. It's okay. We've had that conversation a couple times this week. Okay. So. Have we? Oh. oh. Yeah. But you just mean names in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I was reading that section like where he was confronting her, and I was just like, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, it it's, was a very, like you said, very different route than what I was expecting. Well, and I mean, we we, we jump into the book. We go kind of through the, the terrace and stuff. And then they sack Riftold, right? And I mean, that's in itself is huge because, you know, Riftold has been the main city of these books since the first one. Mm-hmm. Everything's taking place in there. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, this is off the table. Well, and he sent, I mean, and he sent the vicious witches and the wyverns to just go attack the city. So, like, that's, it's just taken over. There's no hope right now. So. I know, I, I was honestly, not expecting it. Well, then Dorian, being the good guy that he is, like, no, I should stay. I should stay. And I was like, you're... And I mean, what are you gonna do? Let's say Rowan was right. He's like, you're you're better off alive, yeah, than you are staying and dying. Mm-hmm. But honestly, he would have been dead if Manon hadn't shown up. Yeah, for real. Like, man, let's talk about probably the best character of this book, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hot take. Oh wait, wait, wait. So the best character of this book, Abraxas. Abraxas. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, but the seriously, I I love Manon. I adore her. She's so she's so awesome, and I've grown. I literally like like her more and more with like the more the series goes on. This is this is one of those interesting points that I I wanted to make because when they first introduced Manon in was it Era Fire, mm-hmm. 
I was like, I don't understand. The point of you, this section of this yeah. book. Why? I remember yeah. I remember you saying, you're like, I don't see how this is going to make any sense. Who the heck is this? Well, and I mean, I think even in that episode, I say, obviously, her and Selena at that point are going to team up yeah. towards the end of the series. But at that point in the series, it's like... She's brand new, jumping in after so a few books already. Yeah, you're like, how does this fit? And it was a huge, like, so huge separate storyline. And I remember, like, we talked, we didn't like it. We're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we just got to get through it because it's part of the book. <laughs> but I know, like, we were just like, oh yeah, the black beaks, one of her yellow legs, over it. <laughs> okay, let's get back to what's going on with Selena. But now I look, I look forward to like her parts of the story so yeah. much, especially like now that she's ended up like challenging her grandmother and she was also having like that moral battle Internal, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean and it's just become such a good storyline i seriously i adore her and astrid too to be Ugh. totally fair yeah. i mean out of the out of i think all the witches in the series so far astrid might be my my favorite because i mean her backstory in the last book really just kind of that was that was intense. Yeah, it was real heavy. Um, well, and them even, sensing her to die in this one. Yeah, and e- I mean, even Sorrel too was getting yeah. a bit of a backbone at that point. Right. So, yeah, definitely, definitely was a stressful point coming up on Astrin's execution because that whole scene was just written so well. Mm-hmm. Is that what you, you know, cried? There was. Uh, one of the points <laughs> but it was just written so well and there it, there was so much feeling in it from these supposedly unfeeling beings and uh you you know you all you, you believe that she may very well have to go ahead and and kill her and the fact that then she just yeah. went for her grandmother yeah. it's like i saw it coming but then i wasn't quite sure if that right. was gonna happen or not well because in my head i thought she was just doing it herself and like in her head like that was a mercy because mm-hmm. she wasn't having to endure the torture things like yep. that she's like no i'm just gonna do it and like that'll be the best thing out of a bad situation and then i was just like oh okay yeah all right all right i think that there's so much similarity with like how the 13 act towards each other because they're very much like, you know, Manon, we support you. Yes. We follow you. And it's very much like similar to Kaol being like, no, Dorian is my king. Yeah. You know, his dad's not. Dorian is my king. And yeah. so I think it's very similar in how they respond to each other and the people that they're loyal to and that they've grown up being loyal to. So. I'm, I'm interested to get back into Morath because – after after Astrin's execution, it falls off right, in yeah. this book. They don't they don't go back. So we don't know what's going on with uh, Manon's grandmother or Erewhon or mm-hmm. the Blue Bloods, who we know have been pushing support for Manon through this Very the last two books. Discreetly, yeah. So I mean, you know There's a there's a lot <clears throat> there's a lot of ties to fix that before like this whole thing ends and i'm mm-hmm. i feel like it's gonna be so overwhelming like moving <laughs> forward because there's so there's so many unfinished things happening and yeah. like all these different settings with all these different people and it's almost like 
my fear, I don't think it's going to happen because I trust her writing, but my fear is that I'm not going to like get the closure with some of these characters and some of these storylines. I don't like, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll be fine. I look, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. My biggest complaint going into these books was we have introduced so many characters to this point. Yes. And I was, and and that's exactly what I was afraid of is, you Mm -hmm. know, we're not going to get closure on certain stories that really, really, really deserve it. Yeah. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I, I see where you're coming from too. But anyway, that's moving forward, but Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of characters. How did we how did you feel about her decision to go to Skulls Bay? I thought that was an interesting choice. I don't know where else she would have gone. I want to talk about Tower of Dawn right at this second <laughs> so bad. Just... <laughs> no. <laughs> I uh I'm not surprised. I was surprised at that point. I was not like expecting that. I wasn't ready for that. But then as soon as I realized that's what was happening, I was like, yep, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're starting the rally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Just knowing that her history with Skulls Bay, I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I, I mean. All right. There were, there were three things that I was expecting in this book, and that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her going back to Rolf and... I say he was. I knew he was going to come back up in the story. I just didn't expect her to go to his turf and just be like, "Here I am. Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> Let's be friends now." <laughs> no, but that whole scene, like her whole reintroduction to him scene, was great. Yeah, I'm just saying. You talk He's about like, what the fuck are you doing here? Get off my desk. Verbatim <laughs> what he said if you read the book. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, bro, shit!" But I'm the queen of Terrasin. Surprise. <laughs> You talk about a really slow point in this book where the few chapters leading up to her showing back up at Skulls Bay, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is my biggest issue with this book is how slow it seemed. Like, how how much filler it almost seemed like there was. Like, there were just... I don't know. It seemed like it was just... There was a lot of filler for a few key important points, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, they made the filler important, but but they weren't, like... But it just seemed like it was a bunch of, like, bridge to getting us to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And not, like, full storyline the entire time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people sitting around... And talking about things. Right. And I mean, you know, I I don't know. I think I've said it on this before. I know I said it on the call, guys. I'm a huge fan of like political dramas. But there comes a point where it does just get a little boring. And I mean, you know, like the Adian uh, Gavriel story is great. But I mean, it's it's just not extremely well written in my opinion mm-hmm. and and you know skulls bay is is where it really kind of starts up and i'm listening but i mean you know it, i just i just don't i just didn't find it interesting right 
Yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not my favorite storyline. I mean, I see. I see why she did it. But sometimes I forget <laughs> <laughs> until it gets brought up. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that you had that thing going on. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. I guess. I mean. I just, I just thought it was boring. A lot of the book, I feel like, was was moved along, was pushed along, um, based on dialogue and not action. Like, not, like, physical action of people. Like, obviously there's action within the book, but I just feel like the majority of the plot and, like, you know, it was, what, nearly 700 pages. I feel like the majority of them were dialogue between people that were pushing the plot, not the actions of people that mm-hmm. were pushing the plot, if that makes sense. So I think that's why it seemed a little long, because it was just like reading conversations. That's kind of where I was at. Like, I, I enjoyed a lot of it, but that, I feel like that's why it seemed kind of tedious, especially at the start. Well, I mean, it was great for character building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But most of these characters we've had for the better part of... Mm-hmm. Two, three books. Do we do we need to spend a lot of time fleshing out their character at mm-hmm. this point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think some of the dialogue was necessary because, you know, they did talk a lot about, you know, previous wars and then they were kind of learning how, okay, so what we thought actually happened with Erewhon wasn't actually what happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think some of that was necessary because it was new information that they were finding out for the first time and kind of you know, history of where the country had been. I don't know if that much dialogue was necessary. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it could have been summed up. I don't know if in a better way is the right word, but in a simpler way. Mm -hmm. So, but it did seem kind of, like you said, it was a lot of filler. I think sometimes it was, it seemed like a lot of nonsense. Mm -hmm. It was just like, what are you even saying right now? But yeah. yeah, I think some of that dialogue was necessary just to get more background of where the country had been to mm-hmm. prepare for where it, it is going and what it's going to be or what the hope of it is to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. So, I do want to say that Rolf's tattoos are probably the coolest thing in this whole book. I mean, is I feel like he's got like Google Maps on his arm, right? <laughs> Like, he's like, oh, well, uh, here's Skulls Bay. Let me pinch out. And, oh, well, this is the Stone Marsh. This is where you need to go. See, you know what I pictured? I pictured uh, Maui from Moana. <laughs> yes, I did too. But just like, on his hands. Yeah, I was like, but, you know, like that little guy just running around. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I pictured in my head. Yours sounds cooler, but... <laughs> debatable that's immediately where i was just like oh it's like maui with his little guy just you know <laughs> making tally marks on his bicep rolf, little rolf running around i did i i literally pictured him with like just a smartphone <laughs> honestly he's just like oh the lock says it's right here <laughs> if you just use your fingers you can zoom in to see what street they're on <laughs> but the uh the way she wrote when they're sitting around that table and she's trying to convince rolf to join her and his arm just goes black because of the vulgar coming in. I was like, man, that is wicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really cool description. 
See, and, that, and I just thought it was okay. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> As I've been told by you two many times throughout the series, thank you. I am well aware. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, mean, I did. I, ju- I, ju- I just got a really cool visual of him sitting there and looking at his arm and it just turning black as, mm-hmm. as the vulgar moving closer. I was like, man, that is... That sounds terrifying. Yeah. And Honestly. he knows because he's been dealing with it for, you know, what, years at this point? Yeah. Just watching your arm turn black. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also think when that happened, I was just like, oh my gosh, Dumbledore in his hand was oh, turning geez. black and it's dying. <laughs> this poison is going throughout his body. <laughs> but it always goes back to Harry Potter. Always. I did just quote Moana though earlier, so <laughs> I'm all over the all over the map. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> wow, wow! You didn't laugh at my pun earlier, but I laughed at yours. I take that laugh. I back. did laugh, and then I said Nick would also enjoy that. I did laugh. She mm-hmm. she okay. chuckled. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this then leads into what to me is the most confusing part of this whole book, and that's. The, this battle starts. Aelin's like, I'm gonna use the word key. And then we get into like this this weird description of her turning into uh, Deanna. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? You didn't follow that? I didn't. I had a real rough time with that section. Hmm. Because, I mean, you know, they, they describe her pulling down into her power and then finding more... But, I mean, it just, it, I don't know if it happened or if I was reading it too quickly and I should have gone back and reread it. You were stuck on the maps. <laughs> I was. I was really thinking about thinking about those maps. <laughs> well, I think that's interesting to show just how differently people read things and, like, latch on to different things. Because I followed that perfectly. But the scene before that, when they were trying to figure out the arm maps and talking about... <laughs> stuff i was not following that i had to reread that a couple times and i think i still just skimmed along it because i was like i am not figuring out who's what's where's when mm-hmm. and all of that so i just think that's interesting yeah i, I had anyway a, this battle though i had a real hard time with her becoming deanna and i was like i just don't my my brain couldn't follow that whole sequence for some reason there's a lot of uh people takeovers going on in this story yeah mm. there's a lot between demon princes and kings and <laughs> there seem that's one complaint that i have with the writing of this series as a whole is it seems like there's a lot of magic thrown around in this world without rules it just seems like it's whenever it's convenient here or there Without a real set of rules of, mm-hmm. of what what is when is how. So it just kind of seems like, well, when it's convenient, we'll make it work like this. And when it's not convenient here, we won't make it work like this. And well, and I mean, that, that, brings <laughs> up, that brings up a really interesting point that I was thinking about during this fight. Is she had such a hard time in Air of Fire fighting those three Vol princes. And then... We come to find out that she can essentially take out a whole fleet mm-hmm. of Vogue by herself. Like it was nothing. I mean, you know, I understand that she, she still has to train her magic, but that pit was always there, and you think that she would have broken through that floor 
while she was dying fighting those Vogue princes, right? See, I don't think so, necessarily. I don't think she had had trained enough, had utilized enough, had practiced enough, had opened herself up to it enough, and in general, to have gotten that far yet. Because remember, they she said that like the entire time they were traveling to Terrasen and subsequently after that, all the way until this point, the entire point of the book that so far at this point, she has been practicing tunneling her magic. Right. All the time. All the time she was awake was practicing tunneling her magic slowly and then siphoning it out as she needs to to not get overwhelmed and or get to her whatever they call it, you know, our breaking point. Um so I mean that's a lot of training constantly, all the time, to to be able to get to where she needs to get. I don't know. You're still only talking like what weeks? Maybe a couple months? Mm-hmm. What it was, it was three weeks from the time they left Rifthold to get into Terrison, I think. And what, two to get to Terrison? I think it was two or three. Something like that. But comparatively, how long ago was Air of Fire, and how long from when she first accessed her magic until she fought those three Volg struggling? I mean, that was a very short time period that she had at that point to fight them, as opposed to all the way till now... But how do we know she was practicing it all that time? That was never said. Well, it wasn't said that she was practicing since the end of Era Fire, but it did say that she had been practicing since essentially the beginning of this book. It mentions at one point that she has been, for the last however long, doing this constantly. Well, because I was on the same page. I was just like, oh, she's going to get burnt out. She's going to burn out. And, uh, I mean, I guess, like, because there was, she didn't, right that she had been practicing all the time but i was like okay well it was never mentioned before that she was making like she had said how she needs to hone down her magic and figure it out but it wasn't ever a detail that she was which i don't know if it was necessary but i I was on a a kind of similar wavelength um but i was just like oh well look at her go (laughs) she just she just done done a thing (laughs) <laughs> because but there had been so many times where she had gotten very emotional about who she was protecting or who what was at stake to where she used so much and she was either very close to burning out or mm-hmm. she actually did and then like even when everything happened at the glass castle in the previous book where she had to use dorian to hone more magic so like they had to come together because she didn't have enough on her own mm-hmm. so they had to unite so but even that was just i mean not long before, like maybe a couple of months before all of this was going on, mm-hmm. where she had used too much. I I think I would have been more impressed with this scene of her digging down into her power during that battle in Rifthold as compared to the Battle of Skulls Bay. Well, and I think, I think one of the reasons that it seemed more impactful than it probably would have been if she was just tunneling into her magic in any normal battle is because she was wearing the word stone. And then that, mm-hmm. that made an effect like that's that true. is the yeah. reason that Deanna could get through. Mm-hmm. And that's why everything like blew to shit for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite battle scene, but it, it definitely of, was not mine either. Well, of that battle, it was not my favorite scene. True. 
Lysandra's stuff was my favorite in yeah. that in that particular battle. That was intense. Talking about another top tier character now, huh? Dude, she's like shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had very very similar feelings. Okay, I don't think they were as intense as what I felt for Caltane, which I also I still feel really bad about. <laughs> We gotta stop. We stop judging books by their cover, huh? I say I really, I really should have learned after Caltane. But when Lysandra got introduced, I was like, man, she's just, she just seems really petty. Which she was super young at the time. She probably was, but just you know, petty, catty, whatever. But man, has she evolved? Yeah, like her character development has been one of my favorites to read. I love how she just. Stays in Ghost Leopard form yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's a thing now, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Skulls Bay, it, it was... It was nice. I, I love the the stuff between Aelin and Rolf. And yeah. Um, we get our first taste of smut for Throne of Glass. Yep. You can definitely tell that she is... Uh, Growing as a writer as we go and not afraid to put very, um, I wouldn't say detailed, but. Well, I feel like this has been building up for a minute. Yeah. Because they have like such intense moments periodically. Lots of tension. Yeah. To where you're just like, well, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> nope. It's shutting it down. All right. So I feel like there's been a lot of build up because there's been at least like four or five instances in the past couple books to where it's you wonder like is it gonna go there mm-hmm. so yeah i didn't need seven pages of <laughs> her describing them doing it on the beach <laughs> you mean like half of that was on the beach the other half was in the water well, that's true that's fair <laughs> so 14 pages really <laughs> I I love Sarah J. Moss. You know, I've read Akatar and that whole series. Um, I I just I can do without it. I mean, you know, it's great that they they finally did their thing. Did their thing. I'm happy for them. But man, it was that that section of rift of Rifthold of Skulls Bay was just a little much for me. What did you guys think about the the marriage when that was thrown out there? Like, oh yeah, they secretly got married. Jess, what did you think? Oh my gosh. I was, I was at work and I was, I don't know, I was on the hold for a call or something. So I was reading like I do when I'm on hold for calls and it was just me in my office and I got to the part where Rowan was like, where is she at? Where's my wife? And I, I audibly just went, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then got super emotional. Yeah, I was, I was like, what do you mean your wife? (laughs) (laughs) His his reaction to her being missing, I was it was made my heart feel all the feels. I I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue with it. Um, but there are things that 
I want to say about it that I can't because yeah. Yeah. of other things. So, That's fair. I mean, it's it's great for the story. I mean, I understand the plot point. Not super excited about it. I think it's going to bite her in the ass. I don't like Rowan. Okay, but <laughs> listen, <laughs> let let me love things because... You can love I, it all you want. That's okay. I was an absolute wreck. The last line of this book where it was like... Prince Rowan Whitethorn Galifinius, consort to the queen, uh, flying off to hunt down his wife. I was like, he's got Galifinius in his name. Like, how sweet is that? I'm going to cry right now. Jesus. Shut up. You're the cancer baby. (laughs) I know. I I didn't cry at all during the series. Oh my gosh. I was an absolute wreck. I was texting Skylar like... Like, what is going on? Like, you need to get on these books because I am not okay. I am not going to lie. So she texts me and she's like, I'm not okay. I'm sobbing. (laughs) This book has mentally ruined me. And I thought Rowan died. And I was pumped. (laughs) Because that's the one thing we've lacked throughout the books after the second one is a big character death. And I don't, I have an issue with series that are afraid to kill main characters. You know, Nehemia was one thing, but, but I mean, she wasn't still, a, that a was huge, book two. right? Yeah. We, we haven't had that big death. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if she was like still a part of the series up until now and then they killed her off? You would have been a disaster. Oh, I would have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. I would have bawled my eyes out. But I mean I'm I'm I don't I don't dislike it. I mean I it was extremely well written where he just pops up and he's like Where is she? Where's my wife? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. See that's what and that's what I'm saying, like, because even in the last book, the last episode we did, I had mentioned that I like how we're getting more into like the audience isn't knowing everything that she's thinking or everything that she's planning, because that was a huge ball drop when he was like, where's my wife? Cause I was even like, I'm sorry, what? And then when it came out, I was like, what the hell? Okay. But I like how there's things that even the audience doesn't know. I, I tell you what, I mean, I understand that this was meant to be like the big, the big kind of twist in this book. No, here we but go. out of these two books, it wasn't the biggest one in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> She's we're, so mad at us right now. We're not shitting on it by any means. I mean, it, it was extremely well written. I, I mean, it's just not my favorite relationship. No, I agree. Not. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that you love them. She loves them. Look at her face. I know. I love them so much. <laughs> and I love I loved the and I loved and hated the end of this book and and mm-hmm. uh, it just it ruined me when I read it. I was an absolute mess. I could not function. Dude. But whatever. I I also could not function when 
the scene uh, the after that where these boats roll up and Gallon Ash River comes out saying that Aelin sent him a letter. And before that, when freaking Ansel rolls up, Ansel, whatever, and all of, all of her stuff. And then after that, when Ilias and the silent assassins roll up. And I am just like, yeah, I'm just like, oh, you, I mean, I knew, I knew this was going to happen. We knew that these people were going to come back to her aid. They couldn't not. Like, I, that's just how the books were going to go. But just the scenes in which they happened were just so powerful and so yeah. aha and so like they were very good. This was perfect, you know. So I feel Ugh. like, and I love you for this because I feel like you get very caught up in the moment of all that's happening, and in my head, I'm just like, okay, so I hope like these ties with Aelin are going to be deeper than I'm just repaying a debt because this battle was all with Maeve, not even with Erewhon. Oh, yeah. So I'm just totally. like, mm. So either something needs to give, and these need to be bigger than just, hey, I owe you, and this is what I'm doing. Or it's all going to be like, oh, no, we're going to keep working together, and we're going to get her back, and it's just going to lead right into a battle with Erewhon. The, this this brings up two really in, interesting questions that I have. One, is Maeve or Erewhon the big bad of the series? Because, yes, I can't say things yet. Never mind. You can't say things yet. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question that we should ask in the, the next, next book. I am so sorry. I forgot yeah. that was the other mm-hmm. one. What a good question. What's your other one? Shit, what was it? Speaking I got really caught up because I, I mixed up the books for a second. Speaking of the people that come to her aid... Freaking Ansel is the red-haired queen of the uh-huh. waste uh-huh. that oh. we've been wondering about yep. for many books now. I'm getting way too into this, but I read that, <laughs> that she came from the waste, and I'm like, aha, mm-hmm. there it is. And it's it's just one of those teeny tiny little detailed plot points that i'm uh, i just just latched on to yeah you just wonder Mm -hmm. i latched on to the first time it was said and i was like i gotta know this is something and i gotta know who it is and what they're about and it's freaking ansel it's not even anything like i remember i remember the second thing i was gonna say what i have to apologize for episode uh whatever that (laughs) was we did assassin's blade because the entirety of that book has now come back, mm-hmm. and as this story has progressed, I have started to like that book a lot more. Yeah, because we got the backstory for Ansel and is it Ilias and mm-hmm. Rolf, and it's all it all came full circle. Which I think we knew that it would in a way. It just wasn't in the moment my favorite book to read. Exactly, but I do like that it has been coming full circle, which I knew most of the details would. All yeah, the, I mean, like, I mean, we all knew people, all the characters. All the were people back. would, yeah, right. Yeah, I was trying to remember exactly what you said to me about that when about your thoughts on Assassin's Blade. I think I said it to you, you said, over the phone. No, you said in all capital letters. <laughs> I fucking hate how important Assassin's Blade is to this whole stupid book. I can't wait to go back and listen to the Assassin's Blade episode and yell at myself. <laughs> 
that is what you said. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's so fair because, I, I mean, we shit on that book super hard. Yeah. Because, I mean, it just, at that point where everybody tells you to read it, it's not that important. But then but it, now is. it is. It is so though. important. It's still important in books after this one that we're going over. Yeah. Like, and honestly, so I think I told you I'm in this like Facebook group where it's <laughs> literally all Sarah J. Moss, Moss stuff. Books. And people are so good about putting at the top, like if they're going to put spoilers in, if people haven't read a certain one of her series or whatever. But a question that is asked on there all the time is, do I have to read Assassin's yes. Blade? And yeah. every single, there's some people that are just like, no, you don't need to read it. And I was like, you're stupid if you're telling people to not read that book. Like, some, it's hard to get through. It doesn't matter what order you read it in, whether you read it first, whether you read it in the middle, doesn't matter. But it does, especially after reading this, you have to, mm-hmm. those are, there's so many details that are in that that would be completely lost and you would have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you have you no idea know who any Ansel of these is. people are, yeah. or yeah. where they're coming from, or why they owe life debts. Or, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so some people just like, just rip them a new one. Like, no, read the damn book. Just read the book. I mean, it's part of the series. Why, why? wouldn't you read it anyway? But that's, yeah. But that's, why wouldn't you? It's a question all the time. Do I, I have to read it? Well, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you it's have always to read yes. it. It's always yes. Just read it. Do you have to read the books? Yes. Do you have to watch all of the episodes, whether they're canon or not? Yes. Do you have to? Well, that's different. Not, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's very, very different. No, <laughs> this isn't an anime podcast. Anyway. <laughs> I just, I do mean. Do have one of those? <gasps> do you want one? Maybe. <laughs> we'll talk the, about that dibs. later. Dibs. <laughs> <laughs> you can write the intro. Uh, you did write the intro. You can do the intro. I wrote the intro. <laughs> I read all the synopsis. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, just that full circle back with Ansel and Ilias. I I loved it. Um, and I mean, Assassin's Blade became a lot more relevant because of this book. Yes, it makes sense why we read it before. Um. Queen of Shadows. Yes, I do. I do like the way we read it, though, because I think I would have forgotten a lot of that stuff if we read that book first. I would right. never want to read it any other way than the, the way that we are reading it. Yeah, the romantic way. Yeah, including the tandem. Yeah, like I would never want to read it any other way than the way that we're doing it. Now being nearly almost through the series, and honestly, after reading the tandem. Because they do happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it did feel, like I said at the beginning, feel like felt like a huge, long book where mm-hmm. we're just going back and forth between different story points. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how, if I like would have read like Empire Storms and then Tower of Dawn, I don't know how I would have done that. How you would have gotten through Tower of Dawn yeah. after the big cliffhanger of mm-hmm. Aelin being kidnapped. Yeah, and then just like, okay, let's go back in time and let's talk about this. Yeah. No, I don't. No. Th- I don't think I would have been able to. So again, I appreciate the tandem. I I would recommend the tandem. Skyler was like halfway through the books, maybe three quarters of the way through the books, something like that, and he's like, "I'm at a point where I just want to finish one book and then read the other book." And I'm like, "If you want to do that, you finish Empire Storms first. And he's like, but I wanted to finish Tower of Dawn first just to get it done. And I'm like, you cannot do that. Yeah. You are, You can't do that. It won't make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
highly recommend the tandem. I mean, I, now that I'm through it, and I've realized that reading it through Kindle is way easier than I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd recommend it too. I mean, the books align with each other Very well. extremely well. Oh my gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, and the breakdown of chapters and what to read when. Yep. Top notch. And, you know, if anybody is planning to, you know, read these, if if it feels too daunting and you end up, like, going an extra chapter or two too much, like, it's not going to ruin I did the that. plots of the books. I, I did, did that. that, like, twice. Yeah, same. Yeah. I didn't. I'm not going to lie. I I stuck very, oh, very... Good for you. Such a good boy. Wow. <laughs> I, I constantly, after I finish a chapter, I go back and check and be like, when do I need to make the jump? I did. I, I printed a guide, a reading guide. I like, because I know you had sent us one. I printed yeah. one and I literally like had check boxes and I was checking them off as I went <laughs> Yeah, because I'm so, so OCD about that kind of stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm just going to lose track of it. But there yeah. was like once I was so enthralled with the story yes. where I was like, Oh shit, shit, shit! That's two chapters too much. Yep. <laughs> well, in the the beauty of the tandem read is the jumps happen at the end of sections with characters. They make sense, yeah. for right. the most part, yeah. when you're stopping. So, and like, starting. Well, you go through like a two chapter section about Aelin, and then it would jump to Tower of Dawn, Manon, and you know at that point that oh. you should probably go back and read whatever chapters you have to read in Tower of Dawn. Next. Gotcha. Because yeah, yeah, of yeah. that, that just space of mm-hmm. characters. But between the right. the Empire Storms character settings. Right. Yeah, I got you. Well, do we want to do our book ratings? You, any other points? Actually, you know what? Because I've got a couple other points. I, I do have another question. Oh, jeez. Can Maeve see the future? And guess it correctly. Completely. Because as we're as we're finishing this story, she's like, Well, I knew before you were born that you were gonna meet Rowan and it was just a matter of, of lining everything up for oh. when you were born and then your mom wouldn't bring you, so I knew I had to trick Rowan with uh Lyria. Lyria and kill her and the baby and yeah, so, I mean, does Maeve know how this story is going to end? I don't know. That's a really good question. Because I, I feel like at this point she would have to, right? Or does it only does it only work with her blood sworn? No, because even no. before that, she before she made Rowan a blood sworn, she she knew. Right. I don't know. I'm sure that'll be something that comes to light. But that's then it, that's but what's been driving me crazy about the. But end if of this that's book. true, then what's her angle with kidnapping, kidnapping Aelin right now? Because in my head, like this is gonna be like normal happy ending story. She's gonna go to Terrace and be Queen of Terrace, and they're gonna figure life out. But I was like, why would she like do all this if she knows she's gonna lose? That's not gonna happen. I don't, you think I don't it's going to end ba- poorly? I don't. I mean, I don't think it's going to end poorly, but I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed if by the end of the story, she sacrifices herself to make the lock and Rowan's dead. 
one of your favorite couples? I don't think that she can... I don't think that she can just totally and... Maybe she's just playing oh. her. Maybe. I mean, I, I guess we know that Dorian, at this point, can make the lock, right? I mean... But I'm just... I don't know. I mean, I'd rather see, at the end of this series, Dorian live and Aelin die because I feel like I would get better closure that way. Yeah. Dorian and Manon rule the world. <laughs> well, wasn't it? Well, didn't um, Elena say something to Aelin about like apologizing to her for being the one that has to pay for their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a line? Mm-hmm. The she was the one maybe, that was picked. Maybe that's foreshadowing. The, I mean, the the whole section about the lock, though. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's very in my in my mind, it's very straightforward that Aelin has to be the one to sacrifice herself to create the lock to get rid of the vault. And Erwan. Mm. And the gods for some reason. That I didn't I didn't quite follow, but you're awfully quiet over there. Hmm. I'm just listening. She doesn't want to think about Aelin and Rowan dying. <laughs> hmm. What are your what are your other points, Jess? Um Well, nothing, nothing exciting as at this point. More so, it was just uh, character developments and and personality traits. I don't know. I thought Dorian was weird in this whole book. I, I thought his whole personality was a little weird in this book because it seemed like at points he did like a weird revert back to like prior, like, like before the throne of glass book one where the the personality that he was there the you know like the playboy sort of snarky did whatever whatever um but then it seemed like at other points he would have the personality of who he was right before he got the word collar where he was a little more like thoughtful and enlightened and you know paying attention to things it just his personality seemed like way all over the place to me in this book i don't know i mean i just thought it was weird the dude's dealing with some serious stuff i mean i think even at one point in this one they say that he's still the reason he's so interested in hooking up with manon is because he doesn't want to human right yeah yeah no and it wasn't even just like the frequent come-ons to Manon. It was, I don't know. It just seemed like his personality had like very distinct switches at different points in time. I, I buy it uh, simply because, I mean, you know, he watched uh, Sorsha die. Mm-hmm. He watched his city get sacked by Erewhon's forces. 
I mean, the dude's got to be dealing with some serious, serious mental issues at this point, right? I, mean, I feel like life for him was so much easier when he was acting that way, like before Selena came into the picture and mm-hmm. they did like that whole thing for King's Champion and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. when he was like sleeping around with sleeping. girls, like he literally like had it made like he was going to take over for his dad and mm-hmm. was learning all that got all the girls and yeah that's all he had to worry about so yeah i will say that one of my favorite things that that came out of um the lead coming back is he's like oh i treated caltain like shit mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like now i feel bad but yeah. Anything else? Nope. Amanda? No, sir. All right. You guys got any? Well, I guess we'll do theories at the end of Tower of Dawn, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that happened in that book, too. Yeah. So. All right. So... Let's give our ratings. I'm not rating first. Oh, I was going straight to you. Nope. That's all right. I'll rate it. Um, I it was it was a good book. There was a lot of downtime. Um, I give it a three point eight. It, it's not my favorite book of the series. I'm gonna give it a four. Let's see. I was gonna go with a four point one. We're all pretty similar. Yeah. yeah, we're. I mean, I think this is probably the closest we've all been together on a yeah. book. I just there were a lot of things that I really liked, things that were very well written. But I honestly, I think I like Queen of Shadows. So far, I think between that one and Air Fire, those two have been my favorite. Same. So, but I did like this book. There were a lot of things that needed to happen, and I thought the things that needed to happen were very well written, but. It's not hasn't been my favorite book so far, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I'm re- I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, Air Fire and Queen of Shadows were just that constant so action Gosh, battle, yes. and this I mean, you know, there's a lot of different driving factors behind this book. That, mm. But it was just like mentally a slower pace. Yeah, and I definitely had a lot of issues getting through. This one compared to the others. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I was blaming the tandem read. I don't think it was a tandem read issue. I just think that these were slower than what I was. It was just poor planning on your part in your time management. We had, <laughs> we had so much going on before Thanksgiving You're welcome. that I was like, I don't want to pick these up and have them finished before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Which we know <laughs> that, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> we know that I have an issue where I can just binge read these books in two days, and then I'm stuck waiting two weeks for you guys to finish. <laughs> you need to find a balance because it's either like you're reading them super fast, like weeks before we're recording about them, or you're like stressing yourself out to finish them on time. I That'll mean, be okay. To be Have fair, you, like, these honest- were these were the first two books that I'm I've had that it. You dragged a real ass issue. on. I I did. <laughs> but honestly, like all the other ones, you read so fast. Well, I mean, and I I do blame my big issue on thinking I needed to read the physical books yeah. for the tandem read. 
Your tabs look pretty, though. They do. They're going to stay in there when it goes up on the shelf. Mm. So whoever picks them up and wants to read them next yeah. doesn't have to figure it out. Yeah, no joke. All right. But, I mean, it, it was a solid book. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Anything else? No? Another one down. Another one down. Two more to go. All right. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to A Court of Books and Booze. It's been uh, an episode. What yeah. time is it? <laughs> it's late. <laughs> it is it's a late. quarter after 12. <laughs> um, Catch us wherever you listen to your normal podcasts. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, all the podcast network places. <laughs> um. If you're interested in hearing any other podcasts by the Golden Mojo Network of Podcasts, you can check out Murd Nerds, The Call Guys, Indiana Chiefs Fans, United States of Paranormal. Golden Image Podcast. That's my other one. <laughs> How many times have you done this? Less times than you probably think. <laughs> and you can find them anywhere you listen to your podcast as well. So thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Read with you later. Later.